Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No one is, 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 is more lucky. Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, welcome to First and Pod. Thanks for being with us. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Every team, every week, every game. I guess it's every team, every game, every week. Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins coming to you after Patriots and Bills. That was a uh, a game of contrast of styles, man. Josh Allen is about as exciting of a football player when he's good uh, as we have in the league. And the Patriots offense just dinking and dunking and throwing short of the sticks when they're down three scores late is as tough of a watch offensively in football. That was awful. Yeah, I, I watch New England and I think – up until the Thanksgiving game, Danny, you know, we were starting to give Bill Belichick a lot of praise for the strides his defense had made. They were dominant on that side of the ball. They were winning games. It wasn't always pretty, especially offensively, but it was like, a, you know, master's class and how Belichick schemes each week, comes up with a game plan, finds a way to win 
Other teams make mistakes. He pounces on them. They win. Now these last two games have me back thinking and wondering about like, why did they draft Mac Jones and not do more to put themselves in position to draft the quarterback that you have in Chicago and Fields? Was it the Nick Saban Belichick thing? Was it Jones just reminded Bill of Brady? Yeah. I mean, well, okay, that that's not a good enough reason. Oh, clearly. Okay, so like he's he's the GM. He has carte blanche and, and, and total authority there. He's fucked up their quarterback situation. Yeah. And 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 so what are they gonna do or what is he gonna do to get out of it? Is he just gonna triple down on Mac Jones and say, hey, Brady had to win games ugly other than what he did in clutch moments late in games his first couple of years. Is Belichick just expecting that by year three or year four or year five of Mac Jones that he's going to get the last laugh over everybody? Well, he needs speed and, like, difference makers on the offensive side of the ball. Like, watching Stevenson run is fun because he drags people for a few yards extra or whatever okay so that's a that's a totally separate question like is it mac jones or is it their lack of weapons i mean both are not good but i'm saying you still have to you still have to as they still have to analyze both they still have to figure out if it's one or or the other or both i think i I, my my thing is I, i think it's both Man, Mac Jones to me, I feel like I'm watching a quarterback from 30 years ago. Like, what young prospect comes into the league and has no mobility? And I and I know like he'll like third down, he'll he'll do the little quarterback under center thing. Like it's like just like like a weird Brady imitation. I I know the 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 numbers in terms of quantity of runs, he's not at the bottom, but in terms of like actual like difference making mobility, extending plays to pass, like he just. He has nothing special to his game. And then you start thinking about the other guys, the the receivers especially, and they don't have the difference makers there. So I, I think it's a combination of both. But I just think that Bill is trying to win offensively in such an archaic, smug style of football. Like, I did it before this way so I can do it again. Good luck, man. Your, your point – Every every quarterback prospect that comes into the NFL is like a truly mobile player. They might not be Fields or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. Yep. But but they can they can extend plays with their feet and throw the ball down the field. So I mean, who who's the best skill position guy on New England? Either Stevenson or Jacoby Myers, who are nice players. Well, and that's why his spending spree the the one time they did it the year after Brady uh, did not work. Did not Hunter Henry, Janu Smith, Kendrick yep. Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. He's they spent a lot of money. They didn't, there's not much to show for it. So, I mean, as the GM, he's messed that up. But it's also to your larger point, he thought a classic drop back pocket quarterback was the way to go when he had options in that draft. 100%. Yeah, I mean, he took they the fifth of around. five. You know, the, Mac Jones was the fifth of five quarterbacks taken, but... He didn't have to take them. He could have oh, said, I know. we'll trade for a quarterback or we'll just wait to the next draft. Yeah. 
But I think I think you hit on the two things. I mean, at least if you believe the public narrative that him and Saban and then oh Mac Jones wowed everybody at the senior bowl with his brain and his ability to recall <laughs> plays and draw it up on the board. And so it just reminded him of a football IQ with Brady and he went there. And then as for the Bills, man, like I, I know they've had moments and stretches of inconsistency this year, and that's maybe putting it lightly. But it still feels like their ceiling is as high as anybody in the NFL. And maybe that's just an obvious, bland statement, and I don't mean it to be. But Josh Allen just makes plays that very few human beings on earth can make. So if he is playing well for a four-game stretch in January, they can win the Super Bowl. Like, they just can I, I know he has bad turnovers and I know they go through offensive droughts and the Von Miller injury and they put him on IR and they expect to have him back. And it hasn't been as smooth sailing as we thought it was going to be, but they're everybody's Super Bowl. You know, they get everybody's best effort. And Josh Allen is still just an amazing physical talent. I Mahomes is a better player. He's a better quarterback, but Allen is incredible. And so like that, that play where he shed the sack and was going to the sideline to the right and threw it back across his body past three defensive players. That's an insane all-time quarterback highlight. Put it on the guy's reel for Canton, man. Like that—that that is a special one percenter play. So yeah, they—they're still dangerous to me. And I think they needed to win this game because they had lost both AFC East road games. You know that from that perspective, put yourself in the driver's seat to win the division again to get yourself at least the one game in Buffalo in January. I think that's significant. You know, we saw Tampa go on the road and win three playoff games and then get the home Super Bowl, but that was during COVID. You know, there's still very few examples, Giants in 07, Steelers in 05, the teams that went and did it that way. It's so, and in in that conference, it just... With, with Burrow and with Mahomes and with what two is doing. Like, I just don't see them winning. Can they, because of what you're saying with Allen? Yes. But they've also been tight in big games. Yep. I think the coach is also actually a liability in those situations. So that's why I think that, that the odds makers have it right. They should still be among the contenders, of course. But to have them as the absolute favorite, like where they were at the start of the year, we've seen the market, I think, properly correct itself on the Bills. All right, let's get to the slate. Um, Today was a game between two teams with a winning record. Yep. We only had one of those last week with Titans and Bengals. We've got five of them on Sunday. Five matchups of teams with winning records. I'm sure it's happened this late in the season before, but it's pretty incredible that we get that this late in the year and neither of them are the Sunday night or the Monday night game, Yep, which is brutal for the national audience, which we'll get to. But let's start with the game of the week, Bengals-Chiefs, the rematch. Are you believer in the idea that Cincinnati might be the Chiefs' kryptonite? I am... In this way, I don't think the intimidation factor exists there for Cincinnati. And I don't know how you could feel that way. 
Like the Bills have gone into Arrowhead twice and won, but it was in the regular season. And until they beat them in the playoffs, there's going to be this feeling that those games are almost like glorified scrimmages or preseason games that you don't really take into account when making predictions on what's going to happen in this year's playoffs. Well, they Cincinnati, beat them in the playoffs. What's that? They beat them in the playoffs. The Bills beat the Chiefs? The Bengals. I'm talking about with the Bills. They've gone to Arrowhead twice, and the but the intimidation factor is still there because they lost that playoff game. I misunderstood you. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. But with the Bengals, it's not because they were down double digits and they won that game okay. last January. I so misunderstood you. I actually think this is one of those weird games, rare games, where the Chiefs have more to prove than the Bengals. Because the Bengals can lose this game, and as long as they don't get, you know, as long as it's not a Cowboys-Viking situation, I think as long as they're competitive, they lose. I think Burrow shakes it off and is like, I'll see you guys again in January, and I'll get I'll get it when it counts. He's that dude. So He's that, that dude. I, I've heard that narrative this week, that this game is somehow bigger for the Chiefs than it is the Bengals. Last year they lost twice. All, all that stuff. Okay, two things. One, do we actually think there's a scenario on earth where Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey, if they did lose this regular season game to Cincinnati, would have some sort of like intimidation or doubt in the postseason? Those guys don't fear anybody. And then the other thing, the Bengals are seven and four. Okay. They lose this game, they're seven and five. Okay. Their schedule after the Chiefs game, Cleveland at Tampa, at New England, home against Buffalo, home against Baltimore. Cincinnati is not a lock to make the playoffs. So well, this yeah, game they is, are. of course, bigger for Cincinnati. But they are now. They're they're a lock now because New England lost. They're gonna make it. Probably. Pro- they're 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 probably going to make the playoffs. But The Chiefs are a lock to make the playoffs. The Bengals are probable to make the playoffs. So, I mean, they they could turn around and lose to New England. We don't know what the Browns are going to look like with Deshaun Watson back. Like, listen, I I think the Bengals are good. They've been in most games this year. They're crazy high scoring. They get Mixon back. They get Chase back. Like, I think the Bengals are making the playoffs. But I just, I, I, I don't believe there's a scenario where the Chiefs are intimidated by Cincinnati. Well, you might think that way, and that's fine, but the 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 end of the first half of the AFC Championship game absolutely carried over into the second half of that game. So there is a psychological that was a psychological loss by Kansas City. That I I believe that that was a mental loss where the quarterback could not get over the fact that he butchered that situation, and I think that carried over into the way he tried to press and play in the second half of the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it was the worst we've ever seen Mahomes play in a big game. Right. So for me, I've watched Burrow beat him in a shootout where his defense couldn't get stops, and he beat him. It was behind the eight ball early. And I've seen it the reverse where their defense actually beat him. So I don't know. I mean, is there any other team in the NFL that can that can stake, that who can claim that? No one in their division. I mean, they're no, literally again, I, they're I, one I'm of not, one. I'm not, 
You're, you're right. I'm not saying that the Bengals don't have confidence against the Chiefs. I'm saying the Chiefs don't lack confidence against the Bengals. So, and I think that that is immaterial of the result of, of this game. I will say, uh, Sneed, the corner for the Chiefs, Ladarius Sneed, pretty bold saying that you're going to shut down T. Higgins this week. Okay. Well, isn't Justin Reed ta- isn't Reed talking shit too about? Yeah, Chase? they're 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 you know Kelsey was talking a little bit about how you're going to get our best and all this. So like, back back it up, back it up. But I I don't know that I would be. I'm very excited you're gonna for shut this down game. T. Higgins. I am so hyped for this game. It's, it's a an real awesome heavyweight game. fight. It's an it's an awesome awesome. I mean, and and hopefully Mixon and Chase are actually. 100% and not limited, so it feels like a fair yeah. fight as well. It's a, it's a great game. It is. Jets and Vikings, another matchup of winning records. You think we see Zach Wilson again this year? Yes, I do. Thoughts? Mike White, man. Oh, Jesus. Please tell me you're not. You, I'm not. I'm not, but I believe in the phenomenon of weird things. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think Mike White is good put, or Mike White. Put that Mike, in a Twitter bio. I am a believer in the phenomenon of weird things. Dude. Danny Parkins. Zach Wilson is on the third string on the scout team. Yep. Mike Mike White had a game that was so good that he went home to his wife and his wife said, who are you? Like, He's having an out-of-body experience, and the team is still winning. Like, they're not going to bench Mike White for Zach Wilson after one loss. It's going to take a couple. And then are you going to play Zach Wilson the last game of the season if they're locked into a playoff seating, only then to confuse matters heading into the postseason? Like, Mike White, I do think his I, – I think Zach Wilson plays again for the Jets, but I'm not convinced at all that he plays again for the Jets this year because – I don't think he's going to struggle this week. The Vikings defense has given up 400 yards a game. Like it's you know it's 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 not a good defense. Okay. So and then so if he stacks another good game, he's just going to buy himself mo- a longer leash. I, I I don't think the I still. I'm sorry. I think that given what's invested in Wilson and what Salah said when he made the move. I think they're looking for a bad game from Mike White to make the switch because of how much they've invested in Wilson. Yeah. So it might not happen this week, but what's their record? Seven and four? Yeah, seven and four, third place in their own division. Okay, so they've got six games left. I think even if Mike White plays well against the Vikings, that's still leaving him with five opportunities to look like a third-string quarterback again. And I think the second that happens, they go back to Zach Wilson. And he he offers up a mea culpa, and Sala talks about how the reset did wonders for him, that he didn't even have to dress and he was just able to watch, and that he had a winning record this year. He was 5-2. and two. And I think he's just in timeout right now. I think he's just locked up in his room with his PlayStation and that's all he's allowed to do, probably looking at pictures of his mom's friends. And that's what he's doing right now until, Danny, I don't think Mike White is like in a Heineke situation, do you, where he's actually going to get hot here and play well? I just refuse to believe that. 
again, I don't I don't think that he is special. I just think that they they believe in him. And Who's that's they? He was their third string quarterback when he when Wilson was hurt. They played Joe Flacco over Mike. Did you see the scenes from that locker room celebration last week? They were happy for him, man. Manny, I lived this. The Steelers players loved Duck Hodges. He fucking sucked. And when he won games, they acted like they had you know gone to Mardi Gras together. He was a likable, popular person. Oh, great! But that wears off fast. Yeah. Zach Wilson has the yips, man. The quarterback coach for the Jets this week was like, I feel like a personal amount of failure and responsibility for getting to this point. Because they hired him for Wilson. That's why he's saying that. That's the only reason why that guy's there. But so it's not, but so I, it, it doesn't seem like a one week fix. I don't I think, think it I necessarily think... is, but I think they'll look to put him back in the lineup for sure. Okay. All right the next game Titans Eagles another game two teams with a winning record Nick Sirianni is the odds on favorite minus money for NFL coach of the year should he be well let me ask you this do you think he's done a better job than Vrabel this year based um, on your preseason expectations we both like the Eagles so that's everybody why likes the Eagles right that's why I'm surprised that Sirianni seems to be getting all this love for the coaching job he's done. Isn't it more about what the GM did and what their front office did to put this team together? That's how well, I see and, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he gets a lot of credit in people's minds. I mean, 10 and 1. It's it's one of those awards that often does go to coach with best of team with best record. Like, I think if they ended up not winning the NFC East. It would turn around like I, I thought before I looked at the odds, before I you, you put this question in there, I I was like, who do I think has exceeded expectations the most? And I thought Robert Sala. That was the guy that I would you you brought up Vrabel. I thought Sala or maybe Mike McDaniel uh would have been the guys who would have like more surprising. And I know with McDaniel, they made so many additions, and Tyreek has been so amazing, and now two is getting so much love. That he may there's maybe like credit being split in Miami, but the Jets being seven and four is more surprising than the Eagles being ten and one. So I I think Salah should not be the third favorite on the board. Well, I always looked at the award not so much just give it to the coach who has the best record, but give it to the coach who did the most with maybe the least, who got the most out of his team. I feel like that's what it should be. Yeah, like, and and so to be honest with you, I honestly think you could make a reasonable argument that the three other coaches in the NFC East are actually more deserving of the Coach of the Year award than Sirianni. Because Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys were looked at as a descending team that had peaked last year, and then Dak gets hurt, and they weather the storm without him. The Giants were looked at as an absolute afterthought. The Commanders won their first game. Went sucked. They benched him. Now they might make the playoffs. I mean, I think, yeah. Did I think the Eagles would be 10-1? and 1? No. 
but I'm actually more surprised about the Cowboys being where they are than the Eagles. I'd probably give the award to McCarthy, and all I do is rip the guy. It's yeah, I don't know. I, I, rip I, so, I, I rip him so much, I can't go there with you. That just that that's that's big of you uh, to admit that. It's it's funny. Like I, Sirianni clearly has done a good job. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job. So it's not it's not ridiculous to give it to him. And I, it's also one of those awards where it's like Popovich should win it every year in the NBA. Belichick should maybe win it every year in the NFL until like the last couple. But it just doesn't happen that way. But Vrabel won the award last year. Because Henry got hurt, and they still were able to win big and be the and have the best record in the AFC. They had to overcome something significant. Where has that happened with Philadelphia this year? Their rookie defensive tackle got injured for a few games. I mean, I just don't. No, I'm with you on that. They, I mean, they they have a unbelievable rot. The best offensive line in football. Yeah, top two or three MVP candidate quarterback. They acquired a number one wide receiver, multiple pro bowlers on defense. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I like this. We're not, we're doing big stories here. I'm not necessarily giving you a ton on the Titans there, but fuck the Titans. Saints Bucks. <laughs> Brady said this week that he'd rather lose than not play football. Is he going to play next year? And that Patriots thing came out in the athletic where they're like, what if he goes back to New England? Did you see that? No. Yeah. Yeah, they think there's a chance that happens. I'm sure they do. That's Um, not happening. He's too old for the cold. Well, let me ask you, do you think he'll play? So that's the question. Do you think he'll play next year? If the only reason he retired was for his family. And And now he divorced his family. I know you only divorce your wife, but I mean, the kids probably think it's cool that dad plays football and he certainly doesn't seem to care. Yeah. I don't think he wants to go out like this. So yeah, I, I think that he will turn himself into a guy who chases counting stats. He'll put some other measurement out there of success, some other slight and he'll play again. I mean, he's had moments of still looking really good this year with a super live arm. And a ton's happened to that team in terms of injuries. I think as long as he doesn't suffer a huge injury the last few weeks behind this banged up offensive line, especially with Worfs out, I, I think he probably plays. Well, I do think the way he's looked the last few weeks does lend credence to the theory that when stuff was going on in his personal life before the divorce was official, it was carrying over to the way he played. And the craft, the craft wedding getaway where he wasn't prioritizing football. Like, he looked like a guy suffering a midlife crisis. I think he's got some clarity in that, okay, this is over now. This is behind me. And, yeah, I like, I think he, like, isn't there a way, isn't he, is he a free agent after this year? How, like, I, I want to know what his contractual obligation is to Tampa beyond this year and are there voidable years in there is there maneuvering for him to get out of it is he married to Tampa if he plays football does it have to be there I mean with the player empowerment thing with the way we've seen players move around if he wants to play somewhere else next year it'll happen but I just wonder what the complicating factors are 
with that. It looks right like now. he is a free agent, but a no tag clause for 2023, 2023 to 2026 years automatically void with a $35 million cap hit. But he has no, I, I believe, I believe he is an unrestricted, he, he is a free agent. Yes, I believe so, if I'm reading this correctly. Is that like a spot track situation right now that you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, but it's a, it's weird. Like, I, re, I look at spot track every day, and I, I've never seen a page like this. It says for free <laughs> agent, it says 2023 UFA. But then underneath it, it says that he's not an unrestricted free agent until his age 50 season with a $35 million cap hit for next year. So it's like there's a flaw in it. So maybe, maybe Spencer. I almost feel like he's going to maybe do some broadcasting stuff in January and February. Think, well, this isn't all it's cracked up to be. I think I'd rather play football next year. That's Well, he's taking that Fox money, buddy, at some point. Well, yeah. Well, Joe Buck doesn't think so, but I, I agree. I tend to agree with you. He's taking that money. I don't know how Buck, much he just lost in Buck, FTX. Buck's, He's taking Buck's that opinion, money. Buck's opinion is that he'll never call a game for Fox. Is that right? I read that. That's great. I wish Joe Buck would have said that on our show. He comes on our show all the time. That's a great headline. Come on, Joe. I know. Give, give, give us the takes. When do you think we get an Odell Beckham decision, and do you think it's going to be the Cowboys, Cowboys and Colts? I just my my issue with this whole no, well when do I think we'll get a decision? I think we will next week. Okay, I think late next week we'll get one. It might even be a weekend thing where it happens Saturday or Sunday, bef- right before games are going to get played. Um, but I just see this is the stuff about the Cowboys and Jerry Jones that I think comes back to bite them. You got a really good team. There's a lot to like about your team right now. Why are why are you chasing this? You know, I don't think Odell Jr. comes in there and is like a you know a team obliterator, divisive guy. I don't necessarily mean that, but I just don't think it's a necessary thing to do. I don't think I, I don't think it's worth chasing this guy and, and having your team wondering how he fits in. Are we going to get him or not? I just don't think they need that shot in the arm or that extra guy to win a Super Bowl. I don't. I don't think he's the missing piece for them. I think that he doesn't hurt, and whatever contract he signs, if there was some sort of issue, you just get rid of him. Okay, but I I don't think Dak, I don't trust Dak as a quarterback to seamlessly incorporate Odell and his personality and what he wants into their offense on the fly this year. Maybe that would benefit them with an offseason and training camp and stuff for next year, but I, I just don't think he's a confident or comfortable enough quarterback where he makes that work like that this year. In a pinch, I don't. Well, I mean, we we don't, you know, coming off this injury in in really short order, it's 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 tough to get up to speed. So I I don't know, you know, so so the only guys who could do it are Brady and like the guys who have been doing it for ten years. Like, yes, go through the go. So okay, well, so go through the playoff teams. He's he's signing if if he's playing this year, he's signing with the playoff team. Where do you like him? You like him in Tampa? 
Um, they're going to win the division at five and six. I would like, I would like them there because Brady did that with Antonio Brown. He found a way to fit Brown in, even though we had Evans and he had Godwin and he found a way to make that work late in the year where by the end of the season, Brown was their most targeted and their most productive receiver in that, in that playoff run and Super Bowl run. And he found a way to manage all those mouths to feed. So yeah, even though they're not a good football team right now, I would trust Brady to make that work more than I would some of these other guys. Sure. So like, that's, that's, that's the one that seems kind of obvious, right? But like, there's been no smoke about that. So, so just going through the playoff teams, Buffalo, no, Miami, Miami, no. no Jets. Absolutely not. What about Baltimore? Like Lamar has not been a consistent passer this year, but I no. I want want to see him with the receiver. No. You know why actually I could like, see Baltimore. You know why I like more for this just because of his demeanor and personality is Herbert and the Chargers. That that won't happen either. There's been no rumors about that, but I feel like that's like the way he carries himself. I feel like that wouldn't bother him. Oh, I don't, like, think I, don't, would, I don't think it would bother him either. And, dude, I think Odell Beckham's really, really popular among players. I don't think it's going to bother most people. And the, But the Chargers might well, not make the playoffs. I, I just think there's going to – I just think the quarterback feels a pressure to, to really – To give him the ball. Yeah. Whether Odell Beckham Jr. does that in a gratuitous way or a selfish way, I just think his personality and his resume almost demands that. And I, I don't think every quarterback on the fly – him parachuting in is built for that. I, I, you're, you're, you're probably right. Um, if like I think Geno has... Smith might handle that well, I think he's got a nice, calm, placid demeanor about him. Your boy, love Geno. <laughs> That'd be great. Is that put him in Seattle? That'd be fun. But the Giants, no, absolutely not. I think that's San Francisco. No, no. I think the Giant situation is just not. That would be back page fodder. It'd be, if he has a quiet game, but they win, that's all people are going to obsess about, want to talk about. No, I don't think that that's good for anybody involved. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This is the game that I'm most interested in outside of Chiefs and Bengals, and it goes up opposite it. Niners, Dolphins. Your question here was, do the Niners, are they the team with the most at stake this year? What do you What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is, so when I looked at this game, I thought to myself, there, there are all these matchups this week of teams with winning records. But for San Francisco, given what happened with Lance, given Garoppolo's situation, given you never know with McCaffrey, year to year and what they gave up to get them. Like they've really got to push through here and get it done. I don't think better luck next year or we're going to be just as good or better next year applies for them as easily as we might be able to finesse those debates about some of these other teams. You know, like Maybe Miami doesn't catch lightning in a bottle again. But two is young. The receivers are young. They're under contract. It's McDaniel's first year. This is kind of a freebie year for them. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't expected to win their division this year. Oh, I mean, I think there's more at stake for San Francisco than Miami. But I don't know about necessarily any team in the league. Well, who would be the team that you would argue... Has more um, invested in this year, even. Well, I mean, I think there's, I think the Cowboys have a lot invested in the year, with the Sean Payton rumors and the pressure there, and Dak Prescott. But, and, but that is, but that could be. We both agree, even though I just argued for McCarthy as coach of the year potentially. That's a that's an upgrade for them. Next year, yeah. Payton comes in there, makes them better. Yes. So if they don't win this year, McCarthy gets fired, Peyton gets hired, that might actually be a good thing for them in the long run. Just, I, yeah, that's, I mean, sure. I, just w- large consequences. I mean, Brady could retire. That'd be big for Tampa. And listen, San Francisco has a lot on its plate, but like when they when you lose your starting quarterback, it, it changes things. I just, I want to talk about Miami for just a second. I feel like if they win this game, 
if they go across the country and win in San Francisco against that defense as an underdog, I will come on the podcast Sunday night for the first time believing that they're a legitimate contender to make it to the Super Bowl. I've watched them this year and been impressed and been entertained, but always been skeptical. And I loved the McDaniel hire, and Tyree Kill is incredible, but Tua just feels like he's benefiting from a system around him, and he's getting so much like overcorrection on the love nationally. Their five-game winning streak is Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. Now, early, they hung 42 on Baltimore and won that really weird game where Baltimore's secondary just decided to stop running. Yep. And... Yes, they beat Buffalo by two points. And that was obviously very impressive and a divisional win. And back when we thought that Buffalo, they were only two weeks removed from that opening night ass kicking of the Rams. And, you know, that was when we still thought that Buffalo was head and shoulders above everyone else. That, that was a very impressive win at the time, but it has not aged as impressively given the vulnerabilities that the Bills have shown at different points. And then since then, they haven't beaten a good team. Like, They're talented, they're good, but I don't consider them battle-tested or great. If they win this game, this is a very tough spot. That defense, that pass rush, the coach with the institutional knowledge, no running game on the road across the country. Like I I will be very impressed if Miami wins this game. Well, two things on that. If if they lose this game, they still have, I think, right after this, they go to Buffalo, and then they have the Chargers on the road, too. I might have those games flipped. Opposite way, well, yeah. Yeah, Chargers, okay. then Buffalo, back-to-back. So, yeah. really, I think for them, you you win two out of those three games, you're going to open up a ton of eyes. So, this is not like their one crack at it. I agree with what like, – No, I, it's, I, it's not their one crack right. at it, but it's their first crack in a while. For, yeah, for you – as a non-believer. Um, the other observation I make, just hearing you go through the, where you're at with them, is the McDaniel roller coaster, where everyone was in love with him. Then the Tua stuff happens, and we both felt like, oh man, this guy's going to catch a bunch of hell. And people have soured on him. Well, during this winning streak, it's like all that has been forgotten and and, and pushed off to the side. So he has rebounded from that episode very well. But, you know, if they go one and two or 0 oh and three in these games, then we're going to be back, maybe not back to square one, but there's going to be questions about both the quarterback more so than the coach, I think, if he struggles in these three games. Starting yeah, and, and I mean, it, it their schedule's awesome. I mean, it's at, at San Francisco, at LA, uh, at Buffalo, so three straight road games, home against the Packers, in New England, home against the Jets. Yeah, we're going to see them a lot in big games here over the next seven weeks. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great closing schedule, but I think in particular this one, for me anyway, because of the caliber of the Niners' defense – we just haven't seen them play a team yeah. anywhere remotely that talented defensively. And because of the schedule, you got to favor the Bills to win the division because of that schedule. Yes, well. absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, NFC East matchup here, Commanders and Giants. Which team is more likely to make the playoffs? I think, yes, an open-shut case now. I've been saying it for weeks. I thought Washington was going to run down the Giants and run down Seattle even, too. And I don't think that they're going to skip their way into the playoffs, but I think they're in really good shape right now, even with a quarterback who could put together awful games like it's nothing. I mean, Heineke is not, you're not out of the woods with him by a long shot, but you're getting Chase Young back. They're already hitting quarterbacks a ton without him. Uh, I mean, I think their defense is going to look a lot like it did at the end of the 2020 season here in the last few weeks. So I think the Giants story was fun while it lasted and there's obviously things to build on, but I think that it's really going to turn on Sunday when Washington wins in New York and they're going to be looked at as a team that's going to be one of the uh, three wild cards in the NFC. Yeah, I, I I answered when you sent me the question, I answered in my head and then I checked the odds to back it up and it validated it. It It's Washington and, and Washington is minus money to make the playoffs and the Giants are like plus 110 to make the playoffs. It's It's very close, but... Washington still has their bye. The Giants don't. Washington's got a schedule quirk here. They're in New York, then bye, then home against New York. Mm -hmm. How often do you see a team play back-to-back games? Happened last year with Cleveland and Baltimore, and I don't remember it happening in decades before that. So super weird uh, opportunity to just cement it, and then they get – but they have the huge benefit of the second game for them – is a home game off a bye, and the Giants are coming off a game against the Eagles, sandwiched in there, and the Giants have both games against the Eagles left. Yep. Now, Washington has a Niners game and a Cowboys game, so it's not like it's completely easy for them, but the bye, the home game against the Giants, out of the bye, having their Eagles games behind them, I I think it's just pretty objectively in Washington's favor with the inside track, uh, given the schedule the rest of the way. All right, Packers Bears. We've been riding a roller coaster on the show this week. On Monday, we thought it was going to be Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman versus Tim Boyle against Jordan Love. And then today, Fields is a full participant in practice, and Rodgers told Pat McAfee that he was playing on Tuesday. So now it's Fields against Rodgers for his first game at Soldier Fields and saying, I still own you. So this game went from being completely irrelevant to now everyone hates me for saying that the Bears should still lose for their draft position. (laughs) So And now everyone's like super pumped for the game. Do you think Rodgers should even be playing in this game? I don't because he's given such a he he seems like he's dead set on playing in this game but it's had to like walk back or at least couch some opinion on him saying once they were technically eliminated that he didn't want to play anymore so I mean they're not they're they're not mathematically eliminated but I just don't understand how, if he's at least open-minded to not playing all of their games, 
why it's impossible to just sit him down and like, dude, you're less than 100%. You're not right. Right. You've got two separate injuries right now, a broken thumb. And now this rib injury, just shut it down. It's over. It's done. I I respect what he's saying about if you're a competitor, you want to be available for your team and you want to play. Like all football players have that mentality. But he didn't completely say that because he's like, if we're out of it, I don't want to play anymore. Well, yeah, because he knows he can heal the injury. And he's been I, – I think he wants Jordan Love to get a shot. You do? I do. Dude, his contract's untradeable. He's going to be the quarterback of the Packers next year. Like Everyone's like, oh, they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Colts, and he's going to go back and be with his boy Jeff Saturday. The, <laughs> the Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a no-trade clause, but he basically does because he could just retire. Like, I'm not going to go there. So his contract is basically untradeable. He's going to be the quarterback of the Packers next year. So I do think that there, and he said like the, watching Jordan Love succeed was like watching his little brother succeed. He had a lot of pride. He, you know, he's, I, I think now since he got the contract, he's kind of over it and happy for him. And so I think that Rodgers is I can crazy. see that. I, I I get what you're, I I think that that's pl- I think that's possible I I so can I, understand that and, and that he that he could all of a sudden like turn it back around and like if Jordan Love looks good for a few weeks and then they trade him in the off season, like then that helps Aaron Rodgers because they get an asset for him yeah for 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 next year's team and so well, I then I, I don't know why they can't convince him now to just not play. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I think that there is something to the competitiveness. And, man, he's kind of – he. So a, a texter said this to the show today, and, and we really liked the comment. Like, he has embraced the Bears-Packers rivalry more than any player in a decade. Like, he, he talks shit, and it's not just the I own you thing. Like, he has reverence for Chicago and Chicago sports fans and – you know, watching the Cubs on WGN back in the day and Michael Jordan and he lives in Wisconsin and his neighbors come up to him and he tells all these stories about how the rivalry means something to him. And he like tells the younger players about what it means. Like he, he likes playing in the game. Yeah. Well, he does. Cause he always beats them. Well, yeah, so the, exactly. But the fact that he always beats them, if he makes the rivalry out, like it's really important then it makes his record in the game seem or look better is how I take that. Well, yeah, but he also likes to say like that when he took over, it was super lopsided. Uh, the all time series, the all time, the all time, and now it's been it's been like he caught him, like he he chased him down and, and caught him. And both these teams are tied with most wins in NFL history. It's like seven eighty six to seven eighty six. Uh, head, heading into this game, and listen. I, what I've been saying on the show is that this season has gone in a way that nobody could have expected for the Bears. Like, if you would have told me before the year, damn, man, Justin Fields looks special. He's definitely the guy with this offensive line and this guy, these guys around him. I'd be like, well, okay, then he's fucking Superman and they're winning games, yeah, which is great because you have your guy. Or Justin Fields is really going to struggle – and they're going to be the worst team in the NFL because look at these lines, look at these wide receivers, look at all the dead cap space. But it's been both. Yeah. 
Like they're they'd have the second pick in the draft, which in theory they could trade for two or three first round picks if they wanted to. Yep. And Fields looks awesome. But now I got like a lot of Bears fans that are like, fuck that, beat the Packers no matter what the season is. I'm like, no, are you crazy? Like five more losses, finish the year with a 10 game losing streak, have Fields look awesome in the losses. You trade down from two to five, still take a fucking stud defensive player, yep. pick up two first round picks, hundred million in cap space. You're you're the Dolphins next year, like you're ready to go. Um, so it's just, it's it's. I figured if Fields was this good, they'd be a six seven eight win team. But Fields might be this good, and just because of circumstance crazy weird losses to the Vikings, the Lions, etc. They could be the fucking second worst team in the league. It's unbelievable what's in front of them. So I want set, to play set them up, to lose. Which would set them up, like you said, remarkably well long-term if it goes Remarkably that well. Yeah. And it sets up the Steelers pretty nicely because of the dude, right now that would be the 33rd pick in the draft because the, the Dolphins forfeited their first rounder. So there's only 31 first round picks. Oh, shit. That would be the 33rd pick in the draft. <laughs> oh, my God. For Chase Clay, for a year and a half of Chase Claypool. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chargers Raiders. What, what are the Raiders going to do with Josh Jacobs? Should they tag him? Yes, they should. And I don't always say that, but... Man, I think with running backs... You don't want to invest a lot of money in them. That's that's multi-year. You don't want to use high draft picks on them. But in a situation like this, where it's a year-to-year thing, and he's meant so much to your offense, I I I think they've got to try to run it back with him next year and just hope they have better luck in these close games. But I don't think they will. I just don't think that that's the philosophy of that organization with a former Patriot guy as both the GM and the coach there. So I think Jacobs will be in what is a very deep 
I mean, there's a lot of big name running backs that are going to be free agents this offseason. Well, so that's the thing that I was going to bring up. And I'm not, I don't have the list in front of me for all of them, but Saquon, Jacobs, Pollard, David Montgomery, and like four or five others. Plus, they say it's an awesome running back draft class. So, John Robinson. So it feels like it would be crazy to franchise tag any of them because, in theory, they all will suppress each other's market. Who's going to get it? Why would you give a big contract to a running back this offseason if there's 10 guys available? But I wouldn't look at it as a long, as a big contract because it's just the one year. I think doing the one year is actually the best move. I don't think I got to be gonna... honest with you. I don't know who, what other Raiders free agents at more premium positions who they might be interested in tagging. Like if it's a year where they don't have a, a, a tag on a tackle, a corner, whatever, then, then fine. But I don't, it, you know, sometimes teams like franchise tag their kicker, right? And, if it's like one right. of those years, but then also sure, go ahead. it's the, it's the average of the top five salaries. What are the top five salaries at running back right now? That's top 10. Is the, the average top, is top 10 unless you do the exclusive tag, then it's top five. Okay. Well, okay. That's not going to be that much money. No. So right. they should, they should do it. He's been incredible. He's been incredible. So, and I'm all for him getting paid when it's not my team do it, paying, paying the running back. Seahawks Rams. Oh, this is a negatively slanted question. <laughs> What's the bigger fluke? Seattle's success or the Rams' failure? How dare right. you besmirch Gino? Okay, so what is it? Hmm. Um. I guess. Do either have to be a fluke? Like, well, yes, because. Oh wait, so so when I when I worded it that way. I meant like both of these teams have like if you simulate this season a hundred times, yeah, right. How often do the Seahawks end up with a winning record? How many times do the Rams end up with one of the worst records in the entire NFL? It's like the Rams have had a Murphy's Law season, and the Seahawks have had for the most part, up until maybe the last couple of weeks, a fantasy season, a dream season. So, I, you know, I, I think, I guess the Rams season is more of a fluke. They won the Super Bowl last year. They've had a ton of injuries and it feels like it's fallen off for them so quickly, which just, it doesn't happen to all of those guys, but they, they were an older team. They sacrificed draft picks. They were a top heavy roster. So then you suffer some injuries to the guys at the top of the roster. You know, that that'll happen. No, I don't I don't think there's many sim- simulations of the year where a Super Bowl team ends up having a top five pick. And then just to make matters worse, they also don't have their own first round pick. Mm-hmm. Right. So like that's that's gonna be painful for them. Um and I maybe I'm a homer man, but but Seattle's six and five. They got rid of Russell Wilson who's awful that they didn't want to pay, which makes them look right in that evaluation. And in the few games that Geno Smith got in last year, 
He completed 68% of his passes, had five touchdowns in one pick. And then he just got to play this year and he played well. And they've had a really easy schedule. Their wins have been Denver, Detroit, Arizona, the Chargers, the Giants, and Arizona. Like, that's not that that's not that ridiculous that they that they beat those teams and are and are six and five with losses to again, not that impressive of teams, Vegas, Tampa. New Orleans, Atlanta, and San Francisco. Like, easy schedule, a game above 500, got rid of a quarterback who looks completely washed up and was a distraction. And they've had a few revelations on their team, like with Walker at running back. Like, I I don't really feel like Seattle's that fluky to me. Well, I thought when the season started, we had them in the mix of like, what's their wrong? Okay. We were just, I, I I think we were just wrong about Seattle, you know, but like that they're going to, they're going to finish like nine and eight, you know, it's, they're not, it's not that impressive. The, the, the Rams could finish. Yeah, but what was their, what was their total before the season started? Four and a half or something like that. They breezed yeah, maybe by five that. and a half, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, well, they'll, they'll overachieve by four games and the Rams will underachieve by six or seven. Well, I also think it's a fluke in that, the Geno Smith thing, that evaluation now, the, this coming offseason is going to be super interesting. Do they commit to him? Do they do a bridge where they commit to him kind of and draft a guy? Like, do they go all in on him? He's in his early 30s, but there's not a lot of wear and tear. Like, do they really buy what he's done this year is, is sustainable and he's going to be able to replicate it down the road? Like... I think the jury is still out on all of that. Like, I'm not, I'm not as sold as you are that this is going to be Geno Smith now for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, part part of me is rooting for it as much as I am convinced by it. I think they'll give him a contract like, uh, like Jimmy Garoppolo or Tannehill. Like what? Like yeah. Tannehill? The first time he got a deal, like. Um, like when he like, went from when he went from Miami to Tennessee, I thought yeah, the contract he signed with Tennessee was like for a hundred something million dollars. I so I was thinking so maybe I'm wrong on the for maybe the first Jimmy con like like next year will be guaranteed it'll be like a three year deal next year will pay him twenty something million the year after that like half of it'll be guaranteed and then the third year it'll be like no guarantees like he'll he'll get like a year and a half guaranteed of of guarantee of starter money and. If he keeps playing well, he gets to be their starter till he's 35. That's that's what I think they do. All right, we're going long. Three more games. Wait, you skipped one. Did Broncos I? Ravens. Only half of the Broncos team went to Russell Wilson's birthday party. And that is a story because it's being used now and being held up as more proof that people hate Russell Wilson. Your thoughts. I think that it's hilarious where this has gotten to with Russ and I've enjoyed a lot of it because he's faker than a $3 bill, but we have Jalen Johnson on the show every week. Bears cornerback. Him and Eddie Jackson are tight. Eddie Jackson hosts the secondary at his house on Thursdays. He brings in a barber. They watch Thursday night football. They order food. It's a thing. He threw a Thanksgiving part. Like, party gathering for the whole team 
offense, defense, whatever. Jalen Johnson couldn't go. He doesn't, it's not that he doesn't like Eddie Jackson. He just couldn't go. Like, Russell, Sierra threw Russell Wilson a fucking birthday party on a Wednesday, and 25 dudes showed up, and that's supposed to be like, oh, see, they hate him? 25 dudes showed up. Would 25 guys show up to your birthday party on a Wednesday? But I'm also not married to a major pop star, music star that's like doing this elaborate party where they're bringing celebrities in. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying there are bigger pieces of evidence to me that Russell Wilson is not popular. I, 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 I would agree with that, but I think it does speak again to how self-absorbed this guy is and self-centered. Dude, what the hell are you doing in the middle of a football season when your team sucks? Why are you throwing a big elaborate party for yourself? You have people over for Thanksgiving. It's a communal holiday. We're supposed to be around people that you care about and all that stuff. A birthday party is a party about me. It's about you. It's come to this gathering to celebrate me. You're saying Which, he should have been born in April. I'm saying it's just, it's it's what everybody already says about him. That he makes everything about himself. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what this is. So, of course, it's, it, is, it is, but it is a referendum on him in that way. When it's your birthday party, it's a measure of how popular you are and how much people like you. And this is proof that people prioritized other shit than going to his very expensive party. All right, can we can we wrap this up? We're 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 an hour into first and pod. If you're still listening, thank you. Please tell a friend, <laughs> subscribe, rate, review. We only have two teams on by. That's why. Keep going. Steelers, Falcons. This is a pony slanted question. Correct. Is Kenny Pickett better than the 2023 quarterback draft prospects? Your thoughts. I was impressed with Kenny Pickett against the Colts. I don't. I think that Bryce Young has everything you would want other than size. And that's it's a big, big other than. than. Yep. It's a big other than. But I like a lot of what I see out of him. And CJ Stroud will see. Oh, there's but a I don't, ringing endorsement. The will yeah. see from Danny. Oof. Oh, I mean, I huge arm. Ohio State quarterbacks traditionally haven't done it. Fields looks awesome. I don't really buy into the idea that like because guys before you at your school couldn't do it. But like, I think that I think that they're going to go one two. I know everyone's obsessed with Will Anderson, but I think teams talk themselves into quarterbacks at the top of the draft. So you're saying Kenny Pickett would have gone first in this year's draft? No, I'm not that. saying that. But there were, but Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence were all picked ahead of Fields. Josh Allen wasn't the first quarterback in his draft. Lamar Jackson went 32nd, was the last pick of the first round. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily like that argument. I, I wanted to bring this up and engage your uh, thought, your, your, get your take on this, because where I am, there was a huge discussion that it was a mistake by the Steelers to draft the quarterback in 2022 because there was this incredible crop of quarterbacks in 2023 and they're just, it just hasn't 
played out that way. I know. Not even close to that. Right. I mean, Levis has came out and someone's going to talk themselves into him, the Kentucky kid, but yep. he had a terrible year. He had an atrocious year. Of, of all the guys that I've seen, I still think it's Bryce Young. So do I. But I think one hit might break him into a million pieces. That's the problem with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're how many players in the league would you trade Kenny Pickett for? Zero? Uh, I'd trade him for maybe a handful of guys. Maybe a handful of guys. But I and heard then, a cop cop size wise for Bryce Young is Seneca Wallace. That's what one person told me on him. That's not good. Nope. Okay, well, this is a nice light topic at the end of the show. <laughs> Browns, Texans, how should, and I'm going to add how will, CBS and the networks cover Deshaun Watson's return? Man, I feel like they're just going to try to bury it because there's so many good games this weekend. Like I, I don't think, think so. Really? Well, uh, I don't think, we had Boomer on, I asked him a question about it. I think that I think that they'll I think it's going to be on the NFL today probably is the lead story on pregame. I think CBS will lead with it on pregame. Really? He didn't say that, but he's definitely prepared to talk about it critically. Um and that's, you know, they've got Chiefs Bengals obviously, so they got every reason to ins- to hype that game and they will for the 3 o'clock window, the 4 o'clock Eastern window. But um, dude, there's going to be protests. They're bringing 10 accusers to the game. It's crazy to me that it, I mean, the teams are bad, so I get it. Tough spot for Jay Feely and Spiro Didis. Like, it just doesn't feel like the crew that's going to handle it in game in any sort of meaningful or critical way. Well, I'm good friends with the sideline reporter for that game, Aditi Kinkabwala, used to work for the NFL Network, who's now a CBS sideline reporter. And I talked to her on Wednesday. And this is my read. This is not a direct quote. But I almost got the feeling that she was hoping that they did not make Watson available to her before the game. Because there might be restrictions put on it by the Browns. Or, like, how do you journalistically handle in a 90-second or two- or three-minute interview, how do you even do that with Watson in that spot? It, I think the question game day, if she gets him, and he'll, you know, based on how he handled it today, Thursday, as we tape this, you know, he deflected all non-football questions when he finally did a little bit of a media session. But, like, there are 10 accusers in the stands today. What would you say to them if you had an opportunity to talk to them? Oh, God. That's a good question. But like, <laughs> I mean, gonna, he's just going to hit you with, I'm here. I'm here to play football. Get, yeah. Yeah, but I think, listen, I think if you if you ask him, hey, are you nervous? You haven't played football. I, I, I think it's like, you haven't played football in 700 days. What are you expecting from yourself? What kind of reception are you expecting from Texans fans? Ten accusers are here. What 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 would you say to them yeah. as you get ready to return to your pro football career? 
Those would probably be my three questions. Well, and the way that that stadium treats him during the game, I think is going to be a major story too. Because I don't think it's it's all a major story. How does he play? How good can you possibly look not having played in 700 days? How do the fans handle it? How does the media handle it? How does he handle it post-game? Do do players on the other team say something? I mean, he can't be universally popular in the NFL anymore. I mean, we brought this up on on my show in Pittsburgh today, talking about Antonio Brown, for example, and Darren Sharper. Like, is Watson just not – is he as he already eliminated himself? He's got the highest career passer rating in NFL history. Is he out of Hall of Fame consideration because of what happened? Because Problem. there's no way Darren Sharper gets in. He's in prison and he's made the Hall of Fame all decade team at safety. And there's no way they would ever let Antonio Brown have a parade and a speech in Canton, Ohio, based on what he did at the tail end of his career on the field and what he's done since. There's no character yeah, I, clause I, like I, in baseball, but we know that they just don't want that for a ceremonial thing. Yeah, I think that it's very unlikely. Um, you know, no criminal charges and how many years he has left in his football career. Give it a chance. I mean, the guy threw for 5,000 yards at 23 years old. Like, he's a pretty special talent. But I'd strongly strongly strong you'd probably need to give me 10 to 1 for him to make the hall of fame like i think i think i think it's very 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 unlikely all right last game lions jaguars i think that the answer to this one's easy but which team has the brighter future lions oh stop what do you mean you don't believe what you that. did this whole speech last week about how the lawrence love had swung too strongly in one direction Now I hit you with Lions here because they have the Rams pick and they've been your team and they've won. They've looked good in three out of their last four games, look good against the Bills and you're incredulous that I said Lions? One team has their quarterback, the other doesn't. That's it. That's all that matters. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) That is that is literally. Well, Boomer Esiason says Jared Goff's a really good quarterback. So there. Take that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence the last three weeks has been very good. He is a number one pick. He's a huge prospect with a huge ceiling. I We just talked about how we don't love the quarterback class for this year. They might end up just drafting Will Anderson to put him on the same defensive line with Aiden Hutchinson, which would be amazing. Yep. That would be, that would be an amazing – but, I mean, it's a tough way to win in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback, man. So, but has yeah, golf take... been bad this year? Huh? I said, has golf been bad this year? No, but do you think that Jared Goff is a has could ever be a top ten quarterback? No, but we we've already seen a team go to the Super Bowl with him. Yeah, right. Coached with Sean McVay, like peak of his powers. Dan Campbell ain't Sean McVay, man. <laughs> he's a yeah, lot of he's, things. But if he's got a Monroe St. Brown and they bring in and they get Jamison Williams and they get another receiver and they get Hutchinson and Anderson, I mean, I'm just saying. All right. Next five years, 
Lions v. Jaguars. I'll take the Jaguars. Yeah, I probably will too. Thank you to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. We're on after uh, Sunday Night Football. Which is playing Cowboys and Colts, right? Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you then. Peace. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 